I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and SiriusXM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and SiriusXM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. you got enough to do already i do that's why i use ship same day delivery to keep up with my busy life they know the snacks i like down to the extra creamy in my peanut butter i can get deliveries at home on set or even when i'm away on vacay and my personal shopper amber she's got my back as in she asked them to check the back if it's not on the shelf shipped delight in every delivery learn more at ship.com slash high Week 14 of The Aggressive Progressive with Chris Hahn. I just don't understand the cruelty that this administration is perpetrating at the border and with these ICE raids. More importantly, I don't understand how America is abiding by the cruelty. I get how a certain percentage of America would, but the large percentage of Americans that just don't care really has me down. Well, let's talk about it. We'll start the show. We are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity. You and I as citizens have the obligation to shape the debates of our time not only with the votes we cast, but with the voices we lift. The people are looking for honest answers, not easy answers. The very word secrecy is repugnant. Clear leadership. And we are as a people. Not false claims and evasiveness and politics as usual. Opposed to secret society. But ours was a nation of the ballot. Not the bullet. And a secret procedure. As a people, we cannot afford to let any group of citizens or any individual citizens live or labor under conditions which are injurious to the commonwealth. Black, white, Latino, Asian, Native American, young, old, gay, straight, men, women, folks with disabilities, all pledging allegiance under the same proud flag to this big, bold country that we love. That's what I see. That's the America I know. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. There is nothing wrong with America that cannot be cured by what is right with America. All right. Happy summer, America. I mean, after a cool spring, it is summer with a vengeance. I'm doing a New York City triathlon this weekend for a charity called Building Homes for Heroes. I've done it, I think this is my seventh or eighth time doing it. It's supposed to be 90 degrees on Sunday. That should be fun in Central Park. 90 degrees uh, means uh, probably 98 degrees in the concrete jungle that is Manhattan. So we'll see how it goes. I am looking forward to it, but it's not nearly as bad as uh, the double and triple amputees that this charity uh, builds homes for. So I, I, I've been doing, I've been working with this charity for about eight years now, and, and I, I love them. They do a great job. And I'm working with the great Liz Clayman, who's one of the anchors on Fox Business, who's the true hero of our team. She raises almost all the money, but if you're interested, go to buildinghomesforyourheroes.com, click on the uh, support Chris and Liz, or Liz and Chris, uh, and the triathlon link, uh, and give. I also want to thank everybody who reached out to me uh, over the last week. My brother, obviously, I talked about it on the show last week. My brother died, Uh, and um, I do appreciate the notes. I appreciate uh, the cards I've gotten. A lot of emails, some uh, tweet messages from Twitter. I, I really do appreciate it. Um, it's been a tough week for me and my family. And uh, hearing from people who I don't know, who I, I've uh, touched in one way or the other through this podcast, or who just listen because uh, they're fans of politics, I truly appreciate the support. Thank you for that. You know who you are, and there's too many of you for me to mention here. We'd be mentioning it all day, so... But it was very, very thoughtful. A lot of cards, a lot of notes. Somebody bought trees for my brother 
in a forest. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, really, thank you. So let's talk about what's going on here. We've got the ISIS raids beginning. We've got the situation at the border, which is just devastating to me. And the more I watch it and the more I see the cruelty that is being perpetrated at the border, the vice president went down there earlier in the week. And of course, he sees the horrors. He only spends a couple minutes there. Uh, he sees the horrors. I mean, you, even where they brought him, which you had to think would have been one of the better facilities, was horrible. It was a horror show. It was, it was something that if we saw this going on in another country, we would want to send monitors. We would say this is a human rights violation. The vice president, of course, being the good soldier that he is, even though he's about to get axed, remember, he's about to get axed, goes back and says it's the Democrats' fault for not giving the funding for the president at the border. Now, look, America, uh, we have a trillion-dollar budget. How much does toothpaste cost? How much would decent living facilities cost? You know, if the president wants to hold these people, if that's the policy of this administration, they should hold these people in a way that is commensurate with our values as Americans, meaning that they get clean sheets every so often. They get to take showers every day. They get to brush their teeth. They eat. They have beds. People are sleeping on concrete floors with no pillows, America. That's what's going on in the name of this country. It's cruelty for cruelty's sake. And I am blown away that the religious right in this country, the Franklin Grahams, the focus on the families, all those bullshit fad uh, churches for, for years have said how bad progressives are because of their support for, I don't know, equal rights for women and and, and uh, homosexuals. How are they not outraged by this? How are they not looking at this and saying, you are violating God's commandment that we love, Christ's commandment that we love one another. You are violating the scriptures. I mean, if you look at the book of Matthew, Matthew 25, when I was hungry, did you feed me? When I was naked, did you clothe me? When I was sick, did you care for me? When I was in prison, did you visit me? These, these, you know, that what you do unto the least of them, you do unto Christ. This doesn't even start. You know, these photos that we saw uh, this week were not even about the children. We haven't even gotten to what they're doing to children at the border, separating them from their families and then keeping them in bad conditions. America... When are people going to say enough's enough? When is this going to be such an outrage that even conservatives demand action on it and stop with the political blame? The buck stops with the president. The president has the authority to send resources to that border to care for these people or bring them to other facilities or... You know, you could do what other presidents have done, every other president, Republican or Democrat. People who come to this country who seek asylum, they don't get held indefinitely in detention centers, in prison camps at the border. This is cruelty for cruelty's sake. And I get it. The Trump base, which is scared to death of markets. Yeah, that's right. They're scared of markets, America. They want to call... Progressives, communists, they want to say that I am a socialist. I'm willing to compete with people who are walking a thousand miles to come to this country and breathe free air. I'm willing to compete with them for my career. I don't think that these white working class people who support Donald Trump want to compete because they're fat and they're lazy and they don't want to work for anything. They're calling me a communist. They're the communists. They're the communists. They don't want to compete. They don't want the market. The market, by the way, is driving people here. Market forces drive people to this country to seek a better life, to seek out jobs. We have very low unemployment in this country, and we have a lot of jobs to fill. You know, the president's raids are happening in major cities all run by Democrats, right? How come he's not raiding the farms in Iowa? 
or the farms in Nebraska or Kansas or Texas where a lot of these people who are crossing the border work? How come he's not doing that? Why, why all the focus on inner cities where people seem to be okay with it? Why not go to the red states where people really have a problem with it, Mr. President? Why not you know, take your ice raids and go to Iowa and go out to some farm and raid that farm? Why not do that? Or even the farms in Pennsylvania or Wisconsin or Michigan. Why don't you go do some farming and raid those farms and see what happens? Why don't you see who's doing the work at those farms? Why don't we raid one of the many Trump properties around this country? Why don't we go to his his golf resort in New Jersey or Trump Tower in New York City? While you're in New York City, ICE, make sure you stop by Trump Tower and ask everyone working there after midnight for their papers. See how things get done in this country. No, the president's targeting big cities, which he claims has a uh, our sanctuary cities. And, you know, I'm so tired of that term. It's such nonsense. There's no such thing as a sanctuary city. The question of when you ask for people's immigration forms or their status is what separates a, quote, sanctuary city from a, I don't know what, you know, what the word would be, you know, papers, please jurisdiction. Papers, please. Yeah, you know, in New York, if you're raped, they don't ask the person who was raped for their immigration status. That's what they mean by sanctuary city. They want the person who was raped to report the rape. If somebody was robbed, they don't ask the person who was robbed for their immigration status. Now, the person who did the raping or did the robbing when they are arrested... And when they are tried, that's when you get the immigration status. So, you know, all the nonsense out there, all the fear being mongered by the right wing in this country about, quote, sanctuary cities. It's just a lot of nonsense. It's a lot of bunk. It means nothing. And I think if it was explained to most Americans the way I just explained it, they would get it. There's no such thing as a sanctuary city. If you commit a crime and you're here illegally, your status is going to come out. The question is, when do we ask for status? If people aren't doing anything that is otherwise criminal, why would we ask them? Why would we want them to avoid law enforcement? Remember how these people, all these, you know, all the conservatives all these years ago, they hated the whole thing about snitching. In the inner city, how come people, how come African-Americans don't tell on other African-Americans in inner cities? They don't trust the government? Well, now we have a situation where law enforcement across this country in major cities have made a decision that we want to try to get violent criminals off the street. We want rapists off the street. And we want people to, be, to feel comfortable speaking out in communities across this country, particularly low-income communities where many immigrants live, both legal and undocumented. So they decided that they'll never ask for your citizen status when you talk to the police about things that have nothing to do with your immigration status. And that's the outrage on the right because they want to lie to the American people always lying to the American people to keep them in fear because the cruelty is the point, America. There's a subsegment of this population that loves it and I'm shocked at so many. I mean, I would think that that would be something that like 10% of Americans would get off on. No, like 41% of Americans are getting off on this right now. They think this is the greatest thing in the world. 41%. And of that 41%, a good majority of that 41% call themselves evangelical Christians. They never read the Bible. They never read the Bible. Next time you're having a debate with your evangelical family member or friend or neighbor about Trumpism, you tell them to read Matthew 25. You tell them to read Matthew 25 and get back to you. It's a complete violation.
this whole presidency, the way he treats people, it's a complete, especially the poor and the weak and the sick. His plan to get rid of Obamacare violates it. He's got nothing to replace it with. They're just fighting it in court with no plan to replace it ever. When they tried to repeal it a year and a half ago, they had no plan to replace it because they don't care. The cruelty's the point. Now, what some Trump supporters don't understand is that when Obamacare disappears, their own health care is going to disappear or start costing more. That's what they don't get. They think that, that they're okay. It's amazing to me. It's amazing to me this dream world some of these people live in. It's sickening, it's disgusting, and it drives me crazy. Well, we'll see how this week progresses, America. But remember, everything that's going to happen in the next couple of days with these ice raids will be caught on camera by somebody. And we'll see. And I, I, I for one, believe that, you know, I, I'm not one of those people who think that these agents are evil incarnate. I think that most of them want to do the right thing. They want to go after criminals that are here. I think most of them want to do their jobs. I think most of the Border Patrol people want to do their jobs. I think they're getting orders from a president who's one, incompetent, and two, on a constant campaign. And everything he does, everything he says, is in furtherance of his own twisted political agenda which really doesn't have a clear direction on how to succeed at all. And it's a shame. It is an absolute shame. You know, you know. one last point before we get to Kathy Aru, who is our guest. The president caved this week on the census question. And in his caving, tried to pretend that he wasn't caving, that he was going to do it better. Even though everybody has been saying, you know, you really want to know how many citizens there are. There's better ways to do it than the census. You know, statistical analysis is actually better now than it was in 1790. So the president caved. But sitting in, sitting at the Rose Garden, I don't know if he was in the Rose Garden or West, I can't remember where he was when he spoke. But he was at the White House, America. He's at the White House. He's making a speech. The attorney general sucking on his, you know what? The president mentions the radical left in the White House. Tell me that's appropriate. Tell me how that's appropriate. He's talking about the census. And he had a question about citizenship that even his own Supreme Court the conservative Supreme Court said, you got to be kidding me and sent it back to him. So he lost. Yeah, the U.S. Bureau of Census has a way of, of counting all of the citizens and non-citizens in this country. They've been doing it for 40 years. They just don't have the question on the census. Because the plan that Republicans had was to undercount New York and California. And, you know, for some reason... Senators from Florida and Texas went along with this ploy. Probably because they assumed the Supreme Court would act the way it did. Because those two states would lose too. All right. Kathy Aru joins me on the other side of this break. She's great. She's another Fox News liberal. Uh, she's been around. She's, she wrote for the Washington Post. She founded a magazine for Latinas. Uh, she's Tucker Carlson's liberal sherper. I'm the aggressive progressor progressive she's the liberal sherper so stick around for kathy hayward i'll be right back hey america christopher hahn here the aggressive progressive podcast what is with the president and the right-wing echo chamber encouraging these astroturf protests against stay-at-home orders around the country it's ridiculous and it needs to stop check out the aggressive progressive podcast wherever you download podcasts I'm Royal Oaks. Next time on Too Many Lawyers, COVID continues to reshape the law. Supreme Court arguments will be held by teleconference. The justices won't even know if the lawyers are wearing pants, which is fair given the eternal mystery of what's under those black robes. Los Angeles County is springing 25% of its inmates. The sheriff suggests folks get ready for what might be a spike in crime. Check it all out on the next episode of Too Many Lawyers. Joining me right now, Kathy Aru. She's 
kind of one of my people, right? She's a, a fellow liberal that goes on Fox. She's got a, a broad resume. She's worked for everybody. She's worked on the right and the left. She had a column in the Washington Post. She writes for Bold. Uh, Kathy, how you doing? Good. How you doing? I'm doing great. I really do appreciate <laughs> you coming on. Uh, la- you know, it's like funny. You texted me a question, and I'm like, God, I need a guest on Tuesday, and I've never talked yeah, to right? Kathy. I've never talked to you ever. I've seen you on TV. You taught me a lesson. You taught me a lesson. You want a question? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to make you work. I'm going to yeah, put you. You want to you learn about podcasts? I'll teach you about podcasts. I'll put you on my podcast. Exactly. <laughs> clean up the kitchen. Clean up the floor. I'll, I'll make you... Exactly. Working for my one question. Thank you. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, so let's let's talk for a minute. Let's. You know, you and I both had this windy road in politics that led us to Fox News, and we are both progressives, kind of on Fox News. I mean, I I am the aggressive progressive on Fox News. I am the liberal Sherpa with rainbows and kitty cats and unicorns. Yeah. Because I live in La La Land. You don't, you don't like, you don't yell at them like I do. You try to explain to them why they're wrong. I, I, I guide, as Tucker Carlson says, I, I, I guide everyone into the, um, I think he said the, the bizarre world that is the liberal world. Right. So I'm there. And then he said one day, two years ago, you are a liberal Sherpa. <laughs> and next thing you know, they created graphics, which someone at Fox said were the prettiest graphics they've ever seen at Fox. <laughs> pink and purple, and it's a rainbow, and Tucker has it behind him, and I have it behind me. And I think it's supposed to be an insult. Um, but they're really pretty. Yeah, I don't think, I think it's insulting at all. Maybe because we're liberals and, you know, I think I like to think of myself to my liberals as like their Fox News Sherpa. You know, I, yeah. I I go in there and I carry the weight of being on Fox News for the rest of the liberals in America. So it's yeah, well, I'm called a traitor. A lot of uh, liberals say I'm just such a traitor. Yeah, for, for I get that once in a while, too. I got that last Saturday when I, I refused to, like, say that it was great that Colin Kaepernick. Uh, opposes the Betsy Ross flag. Now, I know why Colin Kaepernick opposes it, and it's not a bad reason. I just think it's a bad thing to be talking about because it distracts from real problems in America. <laughs> you know, so. Oh, I, I took, yeah, I took a different stance. I was on, um, I think the end of sure, Handy or the Angle or one of those guys, uh, or gals. Uh, I took a different approach. I, I like the conversation. Why not? I, I, I thought, you know, if, if, uh, if he felt that way, why not talk about it? It's, I think it's great when someone has a megaphone and they just want to bring something up and it's something no one thought about. Yeah. That's a pretty good point. What the heck? I, I, mean, I get that too. I just think that, look, I mean, you were talking about the Betsy Ross flag, which most Americans associate with freedom, really, and revolution from the British. And yeah, I get it. In the 1980s, there was some racist groups that carried that flag for the absolute wrong reasons. But maybe we should be taking it back, not putting it aside, because it, it is a, a symbol of our, our, our family. Oh, yeah. But when you've got someone saying, make America great again, and every minority in the country is trembling, because that just means, yeah. you know, wait a minute, when we were slaves or called second-class citizens or West Side Story... That, you know, we're singing America on rooftops. Yeah. What, what Make America Great Again are you talking about? Now we're, now we're waving Betsy Ross flag? Yeah. Like that. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're right on that point. I hear you. I hear you. And I just, I hear you loud and clear. I just want to win. I want to beat Donald Trump more than I want to do anything else right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel well, like if we go down those rabbit holes every couple of weeks, which we will, by the way, we will go down these rabbit holes every couple of weeks. We have to avoid these rabbit holes because it doesn't get the people we need to vote for us on our side and it's a i just want to win i i mean after we win we could have all these fights we could have the woke olympics and i will throw the javelin uh but it is after democrats win everyone relaxes everyone just lays down and just loses and they're comfy like during the obama years it's all quiet and that tea party goes crazy and after eight years of great, of great, the economy went straight up. Everything turned around. Yeah, everyone's doing great. And what do they do? They vote in Donald Trump. Yeah, I mean everyone got kind of lazy. No, no, everyone stay angry. Everyone's All right, angry. I, look, I am, I am with you. I'm going to stay angry. I am going to stay angry. Yeah. 
whoever gets elected president for four years. And in fact, it might be my Thank job. You. So, so absolutely, job or no job, just all, anger is my main motivator. I oh, hear you. That's how it's, So, yeah, so how let's it's, hear about let's hear about your story here. So you you know you you worked in the Bush administration, George W. Bush administration. You were working in the State Department for a short period of time. No, HHS. 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 Yeah, which basically runs everything, by the way. So uh, right now with those detention centers, yeah, HHS is all over that. So people don't realize FDA, Surgeon General, uh, your even your flu shot. You know, everything goes back to HHS. And um, yeah, I was I was uh, uh, Senator Cruz, senior advisor during HHS uh, last term of this administration because uh, um, they actually were fans of my Washington Post column. And wanted to know how to reach a certain demographic. And uh, the media department, you know, it, it's, I call it media department, but in, um, in D.C. it's uh, communication. Right. So, uh, yeah, so communications departments, uh, public relations, public affairs, they don't know how to reach different groups of uh, people living in the United States. So taxpayer dollars are paying for our government to spin to every specific group in this country. So people are, uh, we are paying uh, lots of money for people to get get up very early every morning and come up with these little paragraphs for this is what we're going to say about African-American issues. This is what we're going to tell the Hispanics. This is what we're going to do with the Asian community. So, and this is what we're going to tell the, the moms living in the middle of the country, the single moms. Right. So every group has a communications department within every cabinet and within the White House itself. So it's the total you know, we're all being spun. We're just being, we're, we're, we're paying to be spun. Right. And, uh, and I was one of those people guilty of it. I worked, I, I didn't realize it when I, when I was asked to come in, I didn't realize the power, the money that went into, um, spinning everyday, um, everyday news Wow. for the Americans. And you yeah. weren't political at all before that. I mean, your column had some politics in it, but you had never worked in politics. I had never worked in politics. A straight journalist. I worked for my college newspaper at Florida State um, University, and uh, and I went to uh, I taught journalism. I taught high school journalism. I had a I have a master's in education, taught high school journalism, and when I moved to D.C., um, just you know, just uh, kind of a thing to do. I moved to D.C. and uh, the local newspaper was the Washington Post, and I just uh, called the the random White House number and asked for an interview huh. with the Attorney General of the United States. <laughs> and they said, who would you be writing that for? I said, the Washington Post. And they said, sure. okay, how about next Tuesday? Wow. The and I said, oh, great, no problem. Then I called the Washington Post, and I asked them if they'd be interested in, um, in an article about the Attorney General of the United States. And they said, uh, I said, oh, you know, an interesting Hispanic. And they said, oh, is there an interesting Hispanic in the White House? Right now? <laughs> yeah, the Attorney General of the United States, Alberto Gonzalez. Oh, oh, we were unaware. I said, Are you against Hispanics at the Washington Post? <laughs> no, not at all. So that's how a beautiful relationship started, and I wrote for them for 12 years. Wow, that is amazing. That is an amazing story. <laughs> I mean, you basically so just cool. conned your way into the Washington yeah. Post by conning your way into the AG's office, which is amazing to I, me. But it was I was a journalist. I wrote for the Sun Sentinel while I was teaching journalism. I was a journalism teacher. I walked the walk. I talked the talk. So right. my local paper was run by the Chicago Tribune. It was in the Sun Sentinel. Wow. Down in um, Florida. So, yeah, it was, I mean, it was best writing. I learned, I wrote two articles a week, which was what, you know, most people that worked there full time did. Wow. So I covered, I covered schools. My beat was schools. Wow. So when I moved to D.C., I thought, well, this is politics. I'll have to learn politics. I didn't even know what an attorney general was. And um, once you interview the attorney general of the United States and the Washington Post reads it and they shed a tear because it, they've never seen something that's just so beautiful. It was such a beautiful story. Right. Um, I was given the chance to tell people stories, not not political, just political people. Right. But they're, they're actual stories. So I interviewed Laura Bush. Uh, Jimmy Carter, James Baker. Um, th- there really wasn't anyone I couldn't interview in D.C., quite frankly. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, Al Franken. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah, just uh, 
Yeah, whoever's in all across the board, and then you you know people saw that that you were you were good at this and said, oh, I got a great idea. We'll put you in HHS as the communications director. Exactly. (laughs) Yes, she knows how to communicate. Yeah, and then and when I was there one day, someone actually said, um, they came up to me and said, I I read this on the metro on the way to work, and I just I, I I was they were tearing up at the story, and they read the byline. It was my name, and they said, then we find out that you're in our office, you actually accepted a position here. I, and she, she said, I carry around the Sunday magazine and I saved the first person singular column for just, you know, special mornings. Wow. And she had just read my column. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was um, the labor secretary, you know, but at the time, no one knew who these people were. So God bless President Trump huh. who has made everyone in D.C. so fascinating. Yeah. Because when I told Fred Fascinating is a good way to put it, Kathy. <laughs> yeah, I'm interviewing Lake Chow, uh, Labor Secretary for the United States, and people are like, who? What? Why do I care? Who the heck is that? Right. And how does that affect my life? Everybody knows, who's uh, who, everybody knows who she is now. <laughs> Terry McCullough? Who cares? Who's right. that guy? Right. The money guy behind the Clintons? What? So, uh, so you do care. this, you go to, you go to uh, HHS... And yep. you leave HHS. You weren't there very long, right? You were there. No, I couldn't take it. Oh, no. I didn't like it at all. I saw the way our tax dollars are just kind of uh, misused. I didn't like the spinning of it. And I didn't like the messaging. I really couldn't. I, I The Bush, I actually I enjoyed interviewing Laura Bush. You know, I got to know her as a person. Right. Um, so I, interviewed, I, I, I got to know everyone as people. So I love them as people. But politically, socially, I didn't agree. So when I got in there, I just couldn't, I didn't agree with the messaging. So I couldn't message, I couldn't do the messaging. I couldn't write those press releases. I couldn't, I couldn't get behind it. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a flunky, I guess. I, I left. I, I, I said, no, I didn't like, I didn't like. Well, at least you tried and now you're back in the world yeah. and, and you're writing um, for a variety of, uh, of places. Yeah. Um, well, I, I actually founded Catalina Magazine on the side while doing the Washington Post. It was a magazine, um, or it is a magazine that turns 18 years old um, this Hispanic Heritage Month. Wow. So I founded her, uh, yeah, and it was um, the largest imprint. We were the largest Hispanic magazine, I think, about by 2004. So three years after I founded her, I sold my car to um, create the magazine that portrayed Hispanic women as actually intelligent human beings. Awesome. Because I was so tired of these, you know, maids in Manhattan and devious maids and just everything. You watched the the Hispanic women were cleaning houses and uh, the sexy, you know, the sex kittens stealing the husband. Right. So I was portraying the people that I was interviewing um, that were, you know, the U.S. Treasury of the United States. uh, There were Hispanic women who worked. Like crazy, right? Um, yeah, Cheech Marin, Cheech and Chong. He wasn't a stoner. No, he went to Smithsonian to show off Chicano art. So I interviewed him while I was in D.C. about his um, collection from the Smithsonian, and I, I I invited all of these people to a launch party. I said, if I start a magazine, would you come? And five hundred people showed up. Um, Fortune one hundred companies uh, advertised. And, um, yeah, it's still alive 18 years later. You, you've had so, a fascinating, fascinating career. And, and that angry. brings us together. I mean, we are often on the same show at different times. And then people yell at us together on Twitter. They, they always, yeah. we get lumped together a lot and we've never talked. We've never been in the same room. This is the no. first conversation we've ever had, actually. I and and I actually you. think it's going pretty well. I think we're getting along. I think we, we're communicating well because we're both master communicators and we can, we can talk. And, well, uh, but you're, not, you're an attorney. I mean, this is really intimidating. Yeah, I don't really practice. I've got my law license. I do a little yeah, bit know, here and there, but I don't, yeah. <laughs> I'm more of a political guy and, and, a, and a media guy at this point. Uh, but but you and I both wind up on Fox. We both go on Fox and we tell our truths on Fox. And uh, the the trolls on Twitter go after us. But at least they follow you. They don't follow me. They 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 just tweet at me. I think I'm the only person who can have 150 thousand impressions in one day and nobody follow him from those impressions. <laughs> well, you're a liberal on Fox. I know. I mean, come on. What did he think? But uh, now I follow you. I follow you. I follow you. I follow you right you back. The, you got the blue 
blue check mark. I, I have to actually write it in. You I, know, I, you know, I don't get the blue check mark. I don't know how you don't have the blue check mark. You you have more followers than I do. <laughs> um, I think you know what. I, 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 can I tell you why I think I got the blue check mark? I'll tell you. I'll give you my reason. Yeah. There are multiple Chris Hans in this world. There are multiple Chris Hans. There are dozens of them. And there are other Chris Hans on Twitter that often get hate tweets directed at me. And, oh. and and one of the guys I'm actually I follow and we talk sometimes and I, and 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 a couple of weeks ago he, he was sending me some particularly nasty tweets and saying man sometimes having your name is the worst thing and then I looked at it and it says followed by Barack Obama and I go hey buddy you're followed by Barack <laughs> Obama because he thinks you're me okay so so don't don't start about it being all bad that you share my name oh it's horrible but I, I think that that's it I don't think there's another Kathy Aru out there. And, you know, there's a lot of fake sites, though. You know, the real Kathy Roo. And then there's some lady selling real estate in Georgia using Kathy Roo. Um, so there's a lot of Kathy, the fake I Kathy I think you could apply for the check mark now, Kathy. And I think you'd probably I qualify. I mean, you have, you have a website. You have, you have, uh, you're on TV. You've got a magazine. You are a I'm person of prominence. I will not apply. I actually, I found out that you actually have to show, like, some kind of ID. Right. Um, to Instagram. You have to actually show ID and, and show um, paperwork to prove who you are. Right. I don't trust the government. So I don't, you know, my parents came over from the Cuban Revolution and, uh, you know, always questioned the government. Right. So I, I don't trust Twitter or Instagram with my driver's license. I don't want to prove myself for a check mark. Right, I, right. I'm scared. So, uh, but you're, you're a good guy and you're a lawyer. So you could do it. Yeah, look, I, I mean, just, it, it's... I have to do Latina, you know? <laughs> I don't want to, you know, I'm going to get a raid this weekend, so I don't, I don't want to get... The well, what do you make of this? You know, let's talk, you know, I only have a few minutes left with you. We didn't even get to any real politics. So I have to have you back. We'll talk about politics, but let's, but, but, uh, but what do you make of this? He's, the President of the United States is announcing that the raids will commence this weekend. And, uh, you know, I mean, in the Latina and Latino communities across this country, there's got to be some widespread, you know panic at least i would think in some in some in some circles that this is going down well i don't you know and people have asked me um if i'm if i'm if i'm legal you know are you legal are your parents legal if anyone knows history the cubans came over you know dry foot policy yeah Every cuban ever stepped foot on this land was legal right you know puerto ricans are american right so it's like uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. People are illegal, you know. Even though I don't think a person could be called illegal because me, of me, me either, you know. me either. Oh my gosh, you know. But anyway, that's a whole story. But I think I um I actually met Anderson Cooper. I did a show a while ago, and something was going down with Dan Brewer, and he was. And it's the same thing. Arizona now. It's just the whole the whole country is now Arizona. Right. You know, we, we all have to live in fear because uh, if we get a tan over the weekend, we're going to get pulled over. Yeah, we basically elected Jan Brewer's cousin president of the United States, and, exactly. and he's going to so, do everything she said she was going to do, but was too inept to do. He's doing exactly, and Sarah Palin as well. Um, uh, so. So, yeah, now we have Sarah Palin times a million. Yep. Uh, and back then, I was just going to Palin. Oh, I no idea. It's insane. Um, well, well, Kathy, no. I got to tell you, this went by way too fast. Uh, I have to... I'm just saying, don't get a tan, because I think everyone should be afraid this weekend. Yeah. I think that's Hispanics. I think... Everybody. I, I think if we live in a country where there are going to be raids to pull people out of their homes who haven't committed a crime, uh, I think that that's a problem in this country, and Everybody I think it's something that we scared. should be yeah. we should be all outraged by. And I, I did a rant on that earlier, uh, and I, it's crazy. All right, Kathy, I got thirty seconds left with you. What do you want to plug? Oh, um, your uh, your show and your podcast. There you go. <laughs> Kathy will be on my podcast. In fact, you're listening to her on my podcast, some of you. Uh, some of you are listening to her on my radio show. Kathy is also on Fox all the time. And follow her on Twitter, at Kathy Aru, right? No, no, at Aru Kathy. I couldn't even get my own name. See, that's why they got to verify you, at Aru Kathy. Kathy, this I has been know. great. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really do appreciate it. I like talking to you. And we're going to talk some more. All right. That's Kathy Aru. Great guest. We'll have her back real soon. Stick around. I'll be right back. All right. So uh, I'm going to give you a little bonus material. Uh, This next segment is from my radio show. It was my first radio show uh, back since my brother died. And I went on a rant 
a major league rant. So uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Take a listen. Uh, where to begin? Uh, I was off last week for the 4th of July holiday. So why don't I start there? Um, you know, I, I got a lot of people saying to me, uh, aren't you going to congratulate the president on the speech that was exactly what he should have done and any president should do? Chris Rock had a joke about women who said they take care of their kids. You're supposed to take care of your kids. President of the United States, when he speaks on a national holiday, the birth of our country, the 4th of July, is supposed to make it about America and not about himself. So, yay, you're capable of doing that. Mike, let's give him a round of applause. Yay, very good, Mr. President. You did what you're supposed to do. You read from the teleprompter, which, by the way, had a couple of mistakes, Mike. Yeah, when he said... uh the, uh, the, it, during the revolution, uh, they seized the airports. Yeah, they, they, yeah. They, in 1780, uh, the airports. Uh, America, there were no airports. I knew the government was hiding stuff from us. <laughs> <laughs> there were no airports until the 1900s. So uh, in the uh, in the 18th century, 1780, 81, 82, uh, 83, there were no uh, there were no. Uh, 1776 there were no airports man didn't happen oh you know what else was wrong in that speech uh the uh the star spangled banner written by francis scott key during the battle of baltimore which the president attributed to uh uh the um to the um to the revolutionary war that happened during the war of 1812 1812, which was uh 30 years later mr president um not a big history guy you know no no you would think though see here's the thing you would think that there'd be a guy on his staff who had to check things, right? Remember when he said, I'm going to hire the best people. I'm going to hire the best people. He clearly hasn't hired the best people, right? He doesn't even have people anymore. I mean, there are people. They, we have acting secretaries of just about every department at this point. Uh, Wilbur Ross is commerce secretary. just got his butt kicked in the president cave. We'll talk about that later. Um. But he doesn't even have good people. He doesn't even have people that could edit his speeches and discover that he made such an egregious error that to say that there were airports during the Revolutionary War. So, uh, again, I'm not criticizing the speech. I wasn't one of those guys that said, um, oh, I can't believe he's doing this military parade on the 4th of July. I could care less. I think too much was made about it. What I did care about was I thought he'd make a political speech. He didn't. But he also... Gave free tickets to the RNC and to his donors and things like that. That's disgusting. That's the politicizing of everything in this country. Uh, so, yeah, he gave the speech he was supposed to give, plus, you know, a couple errors that so we could all make fun of him because he's a buffoon, right? He's a buffoon. People are like, people are tweeting at me because I, I had said the night before that, um, or two, a couple days before, you know, would you admit it if he, if he, if he does a good speech? Of course I'd admit it if he does a good speech. He didn't do a good speech. He, he did an appropriate speech. I'll admit that it was appropriate, but for his stupid historical errors. But it wasn't good. I, I, I tell everybody this. Um, I really can't watch Donald Trump give a speech anymore, Mike. I can't do it. You know why? I laugh and laugh and laugh. I find it robustly entertaining when the president speaks, right? I laugh and laugh and laugh, and then I got to remind myself, I am not watching a comedy show. This is not Saturday Night Live. This is reality. He's the president of the United States, and his words matter. And the buffoonery on display day in and day out by this man is impossible for me to get past when I watch him. I just laugh. I laugh at him. I'm not laughing with him. I'm laughing at him. So what I like to do is I like to read the transcripts of his speech. This way, I take away the Donald Trump. I usually say, I usually read it with like, if, as, of, as if like there's somebody with like a German accent is reading it. Not right. Hitler. <laughs> I'm not calling him Hitler. You know, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, like somebody with a, a uh, like Christoph Waltz. There you go. Somebody who I like. Like it's like Christoph Waltz. I actually hope that Christoph Waltz going forward can just read all of Donald Trump's prepared remarks for us so that. Uh, and the transcripts of what he actually says so that we could take the Donald Trump buffoonery out of it and we could have a guy with a slight German, but a pleasant German accent reading the speech to us. I can't watch it. 
So I read it, and and yeah, there was nothing wrong with it other than those errors. Okay, I I, I admit to that they were, but it wasn't great. I wound up watching it because I had to comment on it. Um, I mean, guys, if you think that's a great speech, uh, you need to go back and watch some great speeches. And, and it doesn't have to be Democrats that gives great speech. Ronald Reagan gave great speeches. America. Um, Eisenhower gave great speeches. Nixon even gave a, a decent speech once in a while. George Herbert Walker Bush gave great speech. George W. Bush gave a great speech after 9-11. So there are plenty of Republican examples. I, I think that Barack Obama's speech at the 2004 Democratic National Convention and his first inaugural address were two of the greatest speeches ever. Uh, obviously, John F. Kennedy, uh, Martin Luther King. Go back and watch some good speeches. Okay, Go watch Reagan's eulogy of the Challenger astronauts. Go watch that if you want to see a great speech. Okay, go watch Reagan's uh, Mr. Gorbachev tear down this wall speech. I mean, there are examples of great speeches. Donald Trump has never given a great speech, and nor will he. I mean, three years in now, you'd think he'd know how to use a teleprompter. He doesn't. Uh, He's not bad when he's off the cuff, but he's just dangerous off the cuff. So, But that's not really what I want to talk about, about the 4th of July. And and it's not just a 4th of July thing. It's about patriotism in general. And I see what's happening as we gear up for the 2020 election. I know Trump's game plan, the entire right wing is using the same tired tropes that progressives and Democrats are not patriots. And I got to tell you, I'm tired of it. I'm absolutely tired. I even got invited to, I got invited to a barbecue uh, on the 4th of July. And one of my friends said to me, I'm having a party to celebrate America. He's a conservative friend. I'm like, yeah. What do you think? I don't celebrate America. You don't think I love this country? You don't think progressives love America? Now, I get it. Everybody's all, you know, got their panties in a bunch because Colin Kaepernick uh, told Nike he was a little in, little unsure about using the Betsy Ross flag on the back of a pair of sneakers because in the 80s, 1980s, by the way, some racist group, you know, co-opted that flag, which, you know, Colin, you got to stop with that. I mean, that's a symbol of revolution, that flag, of freedom. Now, I get it that somebody co-opted it for really ridiculous reasons. I get it. But we got to take it back. You got to take it back, Colin, and you can. But progressives love this country too. And just because people have thoughts of how to make it better, I mean, Donald Trump when he was running for president, wanted to break the entire system down, right? How is that not being critical of this country? You know, and now he goes out and he humps a flag on stage and you think he's a better patriot than I am? I, I'm sorry. Do not question mine or any other person's patriotism just because they question Donald Trump or they question some of the ways we do business in this country. I know the game plan, America. I've seen it coming. I've seen it coming for a while now. The game plan is whoever comes out of the Democratic primary, whether it be Joe Biden or Governor Bullock from, uh, where is he, from Montana, Kamala Harris, they're going to call that person a socialist, no matter what, no matter who. I mean, Lee Iacocca died last week. If he was the Democratic nominee for president, they'd call Lee Iacocca a socialist. I'm tired of it. They, they, that's their only path to victory, right? They don't see a way where they can actually compete on a field of ideas. So they're going to name call and they're going to say, if you vote for that person, you don't believe in America. You don't love America. They want to let immigrate immigrants have health care. Um, let me, let me explain something to you dopes out there who think that immigrants don't have health care right now. Immigrants have health care right now. In this country, it's called the emergency room. Nobody's going to turn them away. That costs a lot more than going to your doctor. So these xenophobic, no, stop. I'm not going to call them xenophobic anymore. I'm going to just call them what they are, racists. Racists. Racists who want to pit you against each other. Pitch you against people who are just like your forefathers who came to this country with nothing in their pockets searching for the American dream. They want to pit you against each other, working class white people in this country. They want to pit you against other working class people. They want to divide and conquer. 
That's their strategy. So they want to say, oh, the liberals want to give health care to to non-citizens. Donald Trump did this whole thing with the census. He lost at the Supreme Court. Today he gave up, said he's not going to fight it legally because he's going to lose. And the career prosecutor said, we're not going to lie for you, Mr. President. Um, the career lawyers at justice said, we're not going to, we're not going to lie for you, Mr. President. So he gave up. But even in that announcement, he's talking about how the left wing in this country, he's sitting in the Rose Garden talking about the leftists in this country. I mean, that in and of itself, America is disgusting. The leftists are trying to let immigrants vote. No, we're not. I think there should be a pathway to citizenship for everyone who comes here. I think we have to have a real immigration policy that acknowledges the market forces driving people here. There was a bill passed the Senate, bipartisan bill passed the Senate in 2013. It was called the Border Security, Economic Opportunity, and Immigration Modernization Act of 2013. Passed with broad bipartisan support. Was supported by a group called the Gang of Eight. On the Gang of Eight, notably... Lindsey Graham, Chuck Schumer, two pretty big guys in the United States Senate this day, these days, right? Broad bipartisan support. You really want to solve the immigration crisis? Revive that bill. It would have passed the House in 2013, but for its spineless leader who had yet to discover marijuana, John Boehner, who now is a marijuana spokesman. <laughs> you believe it? who had yet to discover, maybe if he was token up back in 2013, we would have had immigration reform in this country. He would have got the courage to do it. Instead, he was just a crybaby, afraid of his own shadow, and didn't bring it to a vote. That would come to a vote today and would pass both chambers with broad bipartisan support. Maybe it needs to be updated. Maybe it needs to be tweaked a little bit. But it would pass. But they don't want to do that. They don't want to solve the problem. They want to call me anti-American. They want to say, I'm not a patriot. They want to say liberals are not patriotic because they're trying to solve a problem that's right in front of their face. A problem in this country. They want to call us less than Americans. They want us to fight with each other. They want to name call. They don't want to solve problems. I gave you a solution, Mr. President. I said it on national television several times, and I will continue to say it time and time again. If you really want to solve the immigration problem, start with that bill. Yeah, probably need some tweaks. The dates, obviously, things that were supposed to go into effect four years ago. Uh, you know, you, you got to give them a new timeline. But other than that, put it out there. There was about $30 billion for border security in that bill. $30 billion for border security. There was a pathway to citizenship for the 11 million people at the time. There might be about 20 million people here now who were there illegally. Pathway to citizenship. It was a long path that required them to leave the country. It required them to pay taxes. It it took about 12 years for them to become a citizen. Now, Now, the demagogues will say, I want to give illegal citizenship. That's not the case. I think there should be a pathway to citizenship for people who've been living here and but for their, you know, they crossed the imaginary line illegally, have otherwise lived exemplary lives as Americans. Yes, as Americans. I think there should be a pathway to citizenship for those people. I think they should have an opportunity to be productive members of society, to join the national conversation, to be part of what we do here. But I'm not a patriot for that, right? I'm not a patriot for that. Nobody wants to believe that. uh, Nobody wants to believe that people who want to expand our population through immigration are patriots, even though we are all descendants of immigrants. All of us, unless you're Native American. And from what I see in polls, they don't care about uh, immigration as much. 
We're all descendants of immigrants. The immigrant experience is what binds us together as a nation, America. It's what brings us together. We all have stories from our grandparents and parents and great-grandparents and maybe even our ourselves coming over on a boat or on a plane or by foot and working and clawing our ways to the top. My grandparents came over here with nothing less than 100 years ago, 80 years ago, 70 years ago. And I'm doing great. Their kids all spoke English perfectly. They wound up learning English perfectly. Their grandkids are all professionals. And they came here with nothing. Two generations later, their family has everything. And the same thing's happening now. Oh, they're not learning the language. They're not integrating. Well, they said that about the Italians and the Irish and the Jews, too. They said that about my grandfather when they called him a Dago, a Wop, a Guinea. They said the same exact thing because they're racists. Or maybe they're just cowards, right? Maybe they're not racists. Maybe they're just cowards. Maybe they don't think they can compete with people who were willing to sacrifice everything to have a little bit more, to have a little bit of freedom. To make sure their kids are safe and have an education and have access to health care and a roof over their head. And don't have to worry about being kidnapped in the night or shot in the street or turned out on the street as prostitutes. And they're willing to sacrifice everything for that. To leave behind everything they know. To come here with just the clothes on their back and sacrifice. And we've got a guy in the White House. And an entire party now of people who want to build fear around those people who are us. They are us. They are your parents, your grandparents. They are you. And their children, like the like my grandparents' children and grandchildren, are going to thrive in this country. And you know it. You just don't want to compete with them. Because you're fat and you're lazy And you've got some sort of I'm better than them mentality because by fortune of birth, you were born here. And believe me, it's luck. Luck of the draw. You were born here. You somehow think that that gives you some sort of privilege. You're fortunate. You're lucky. You're blessed. Count your blessings. And let's do what we can do to continue the experiment that is this great country. The reason why we've been great for so long while so many others have risen and fall is because we refresh our population with people who are willing to sacrifice everything for a little bit more. Come to a country where they're going to be spit on, where they're going to be treated as outcasts, where they're going to be feared, where they're not going to fit in, where they're not going to know the language, where they're not going to know anybody, but they're going to work their tails off for a little bit more for their children. That's what makes America great. That's what makes me an American. That's what makes you an American if you believe it. That's what America is about. You want to call me less than a patriot for that? You are a fraud. You are failing to recognize who you are, who this country is, and what made it what it is today. And if we turn our backs on that, if they stop coming here, God help us all. God help us all. We'll fall like the English did. We'll fall like the Romans did. We'll fall like every other country that has restricted this kind of access. We will fall. And that's not patriotic at all. Rooting for the collapse of this country by limiting the ingenuity that comes here through immigration is a failure. Yeah, I had to cut it right there. If it sounds a little abrupt, you know, when I take the radio stuff, I got to cut out any of the music that I'm allowed to play on the radio, but I don't have the rights for on the podcast, which is a pain. But uh, that's the way it works, America. I'm a capitalist. I tried to tell you. Yeah. President wanted to be congratulated for a speech that he gave that any other president would have given and, you know, better. So anyway, going to be another consequential week as they all are. We don't know if Mueller is going to testify this week or if he's going to testify next week. We'll find out soon. But I'm going to remind you all to seek the truth. 
question everyone and everything, America, even me. Seek the truth. It's out there. And I know you'll find it if you look hard enough for it. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and SiriusXM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and SiriusXM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. You can start your day off right. When you find a professional on Angie to get your plumbing right first. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.